This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to be with you for another episode and excited for this one because we're covering a topic that is, uh, I think, of interest to a lot of people in the Equity Mates community, uh, that is... Uh, sustainable water and waste. It's definitely of interest to me. Uh, I did some work in the waste uh, game back in the day. So very excited for this uh, interview. Absolutely. And we have an expert joining us from Fidelity to talk us all through it. So it is our pleasure to welcome Velislava Dimitrova. Velislava, welcome. Thank you for having me. Welcome. So uh, Velislava is the lead portfolio manager of Fidelity Sustainable Water and Waste Fund. And if you'd like more information on what they're doing, um, head to the Fidelity website, fidelity.com.au. And thank you to Fidelity for um, sponsoring this episode. So Velislava, we'd like to start at the top with an introduction to the fund. So um, sustainable water and waste, what does this mean? And what are some of the companies or themes that the fund invests in? The Sustainable Water and Waste Fund invests in companies along the full value chain of water and waste. When we look at water, we invest in from taking water from uh, nature, purifying water, transporting, storing water, using for domestic purposes, then cleaning, uh, cleaning water and turning back to nature. But it is not used only for domestic purposes. Water is also used for industrial purposes. It is used in uh, drug development. It is used in semiconductor manufacturing and, and all services out there and actually primarily for uh, agriculture as well. In uh, waste, again, we invest along the full value chain, starting from companies providing cleaning services or waste collection services uh, to disposal. And we have primarily two types of waste, both of which are quite harmful to the environment. One is uh, burning waste uh, or incineration, and the other is uh, landfilling or uh, burying waste in the ground. 
Burning waste is bad for climate change because it releases carbon dioxide and burying waste in the ground is uh, uh, harmful for the environment because uh, it means toxins end up in water uh, and in land and it's bad for humans. It is bad for biodiversity as well. So because of that, we uh, within the waste bucket, we uh, are investing primarily in solutions that can help reduce the harmful impact of waste in the environment. Uh, so uh, the fund would benefit bro- both from overall growing volumes of waste, but also from that shift to more sustainable practices going forward. And the type of practices I mean is uh, recycling or new recycling solutions. And we're seeing a proliferation of new recycling methods coming to the market uh, in solutions that can help us reduce the overall volume of waste we generate through uh, industrial automation or secondhand good platforms or um, uh, more environmentally friendly materials like biodegradable plastic, for example. So, Veloslava, uh, listening to that description, uh, a lot of that makes sense in terms of, you know, we're all citizens, we all understand uh, the importance of uh, better resource use, better waste management, more efficient uh, use of water. So as citizens listening to that, it it makes a lot of sense. I guess the question is, as investors, why is uh, water and waste a good thematic to be exposed to? That's a great question because the theme water and waste, as the name says, might not sound very exciting. But actually, it is a very exciting thematic from an investment perspective. And this is because of the extremely long duration of the theme and the great visibility we have in the growth for for both uh, the water and waste companies. And this is because um, water and waste is uh, the foundation for life, but it's also the foundation for economic development. And it is the two sides of the same coin. And these two uh, themes are driven by by the same very long-term growth drivers, like population growth. We know that over the next 20 years, we're likely to add about 1.2, 1.3 billion to the global population. And people are still increasingly moving to cities. Yet uh, infrastructure is not sufficient to handle those volumes. It needs to be upgraded. Consumption is still growing. We know that the uh, growing middle class accounts for about a third of global GDP growth. And this growth is extremely uh, water and waste intensive. For example, a cup of coffee takes 200 liters of water to make or a pair of jeans takes 8,000 liters of water. And everything that we're consuming today becomes waste on average in a couple of years. Mm. Another driver is aging infrastructure. Uh, Cities in the developed markets were not built for these volumes. Uh, Just to give you an example, in the US, we have leakage rates of 20 to 40 percent. This is really unsustainable and we need to invest in this. There are two more, uh, two other drivers that have uh, probably come to our attention more recently, even though they have been around for a while, is climate change. Uh, climate change is leading to water scarcity, is leading to flooding. We invest to be able to, to maintain our current standard of living. And finally, uh, responsible resource consumption. This is mostly primarily changing attitudes among the younger population in looking for ways to um, have a lower burden on the environment. So it is that those very strong uh, long-term drivers that make this team very exciting. Mm. So Veloslava, at least 70% of the fund uh, that you manage is in companies exhibiting sustainable characteristics and then 30% in companies that are showing improvement or potential for improving improvement in uh, or characteristics. So let's start with the 70%. Uh, what are you looking for when you say, exhibiting sustainable characteristics? 
So we're looking for companies that um, have very high ESG ratings. And what this means is that these are companies with uh, very good overall practices. These are the very good global citizens. And, and these good practices are in the three buckets, in environmental, governments, and social. Uh, when we say environmental, we mean uh, companies where their practices are not polluting to the environment. Governance means that we look at issues such as board independence and diversity, among other factors. And social covers how the company treats its customers, um, suppliers and employees and just the wider community. So, Veloslava, then turning to the 30 percent, how do you engage with those companies? How do you, uh, I guess, determine a company that is improving or has the potential for improvement? And then how do you and the team at Fidelity actually engage with these companies and try and drive that improvement? So the 30% uh, bucket, as you mentioned, is companies that are might have uh, low ESG rating, but they are on an improving trajectory as judged by a fidelity analyst. And the basis for that uh, improvement label is uh, what practices the company is, the company is currently uh, installing and how it is changing its practices. And if we have sufficient conviction that is going in the, the right direction, then we can own that company. But there are some examples where companies are not on an improving uh, trajectory. And those are the companies that we're looking to engage with and hopefully help them uh, improve those practices. So, Veloslava, when we were thinking about uh, this topic, sustainable water and waste, we, we really couldn't get past the overall population growth that the world is seeing and, and what that means for resource use, uh, the amount of waste that's produced, the amount of water that's consumed. Are we just fighting a losing battle with overall population growth? And I guess, what are some of the companies that are on the forefront of fighting this battle and, and actually overcoming the, the overall population growth that the world is seeing? If we think about the fundamentals of the companies and whether they're a great investment, growing population is very good for them because it means growing, uh, growing volumes. Uh, but in terms of sustainability, this is clearly not sustainable. This is why within the fund, uh, particularly within the waste bucket, we are uh, looking to uh, pivoting the fund to what we deem more sustainable practices. Because you're right, uh, burning waste releases carbon dioxide, burying waste in the ground. In some regions, we don't have enough space for this. And, and secondly, it means chemicals ending up in, in water and soil, which is very harmful for humans and very harmful for animals and biodiversity. So uh, there are, fortunately, because of regulation and because of changing consumer uh, attitudes, there are new, uh, new ways of de- uh, dealing with waste that are emerging that are more environmentally friendly and can hopefully uh, help us deal with the issue of growing waste because of growing population. And these are uh, methods to reduce the volume of waste or new recycling methods or more environmentally friendly materials. So the first bucket I mentioned, um, reducing the volume of waste, we can achieve this by uh, making things, by manufacturing things in a smarter way, uh, by using uh, industrial automation uh, that can help us reduce defects and therefore reduce waste. Or another example is construction software. There is a company that automates construction. Currently, construction is done the way it was done 100 years ago. And there is a lot of uh, error and therefore waste from those errors. Using construction software can reduce this, this waste by 20 to 30%, which is really material when you think about how much construction waste there is. It accounts for about 40% of all urban waste, so significant room for reducing waste. 
another example is a secondhand good platform, uh, just people buying things that have already been uh, used and this extends the life of the product and reduces the amount of virgin materials we, uh, we need. Just out of interest, Veloslava, what, what's the specific um, construction company you're talking about? Sounds pretty interesting. It'd be great to get a name if we can. Uh, the name of the company is Autodesk. This is the largest oh, provider yeah. of construction automation software. Yeah, yeah. No, we know Autodesk. We've come, come across that a, a couple of times on uh, our investing journey over the years. So yeah, good name. Let's continue the chat around waste management. Are you able to introduce the concept of uh, a circular economy and, and explain what it is? So circular economy is just a vision. This is where we would like uh, the economy uh, to go into over the next years and decades, which will significantly reduce our burden environment. It is a concept of sustaining economic growth without consuming incremental resources from nature, or at least limiting that use of virgin materials. It is managing the end stage of the life of the product in a way that materials that have gone into the product can be extracted and used as raw materials. Uh, when it comes to water, it is purifying water and reusing water rather than, uh, than using water from nature. But we're in the very early stages of this. This is uh, where regulation is likely to take us, but uh, it is very early. It seems to be the, uh, I guess, the buzzword or like the, the goal uh, in, in a lot of waste companies. You know, you read their corporate material, their, their investor updates, their annual reports, and the circular economy is definitely mentioned a lot. And it, it feels like more and more with, uh, you know, the increasing focus on climate change and resource use that more and more government intervention is coming and trying to make the circular economy a thing. In terms of other important trends or I guess emerging technologies that are emerging in the waste space, are there any that we should be aware of as potential investors in the industry? Yes, there are. Actually, we have been looking at this for years now, and there are a lot of very exciting technologies. But like everything new, we need to be careful because not all of them are proven and to work at scale. Uh, but still, some of them are very, very exciting. An example of that will be your previous point about circular economy, particularly within Europe, regulation uh, is becoming tougher increasingly, and therefore we're seeing response from the consumer good companies. Uh, and it is getting tougher around the recyclability of plastic that companies are using in their packaging or the percentage of recycled plastic. And because of that, and because of changing consumer attitudes as well, we're seeing companies coming to the market with new recycling uh, technologies. So currently, penetration of recycling globally is only at around 8 to 9%, which is why we have all these articles about plastic ending up in the ocean um, uh, and, and killing animals. And it is at such a low level because the technology doesn't exist. We can recycle plastic through uh, mechanical recycling, which is not ideal because the end product cannot be used for the same purposes as virgin plastic. It smells, it, it has this ugly color. So we need new methods to recycle. And there are companies coming to the market that can do chemical recycling. And chemical recycling actually allows you to have a product that is very similar to the virgin plastic and used for, uh, for all sorts of applications. Another example would be a very interesting company called RenewCell that is able to recycle cotton in clothing. Currently, this is not really recycled and clothing ends up on landfills. Uh, but this company can recycle cotton up to seven times, which materially reduces both water that's used for growing cotton uh, and just overall volumes of uh, new cotton as well. 
Another example is, as I mentioned earlier, secondhand good platforms. These are platforms that uh, you can uh, sell old clothes or, or anything really. Uh, it would be also biodegradable plastic. There are companies that can make plastic uh, biodegradable uh, in the environment, not ne- not needing industrial composting. Mm. So these are very, very exciting technologies, but some of them are very early stage. That uh, global penetration of recycling was pretty uh, alarming 8% mm. I thought it would have been much higher than that but uh, plenty of work to do uh, Veloslava let's turn our attention to the water side when when we think of water sustainability you know we think about water scarcity and you know inadequate sanitation are there any other issues that you think we should be aware of uh, so in addition to water scarcity climate change is leading to extreme flooding as well both of these require significant investment in infrastructure to be able to maintain adequate supplies of water, both for domestic purposes and for industrial purposes. Because water is used in, in all industries, be it uh, drug manufacturing or, or food manufacturing, agriculture, all industries. There's also um, the issue of water purification, of wastewater from industrial processes. And in some countries, this is not an issue, but in, for others it is. And volumes are also growing because of increasing use of chemicals. There's also another issue of water pollution with what we call forever chemicals. These are called forever chemicals because they uh, last extremely long time in nature. They don't biodegrade very quickly. And they're found in water, they're found in soil, but also because of their broad use, it is found also in blood of people and animals all over the world. And at present, uh, at very low level, um, in a range of food products as well. And scientific studies have actually shown that these chemicals are linked to very harmful health uh, effects in animals and humans. Uh, because of that, one of these chemicals is called PFAS. Uh, it has garnered lots of headlines in the U.S., the current infrastructure bill uh, has a provision for significant funding for uh, cleaning up uh, PFAS contamination in land and soil. So lots of issues there. Yeah. yeah. So Veloslava, uh, where Bryce and I are recording from Australia and a key issue uh, that we see when it comes to water uh, in Australia is the balance between water uh, uh, scarcity, I guess, and uh, water for agriculture. Um, and I imagine this is a the key issue all around the world. Um, so when you're looking at the portfolio companies, when you're looking globally, how do, how do you see the world balancing the need to produce enough food for a growing population and then also the need to uh, conserve water? Yes, you're right. This is increasingly becoming a challenge and it is obvious in some regions where climate change is progressing faster and we need new solutions to solve that problem. Now, the solutions uh, do exist, but similarly to uh, previous uh, uh, technologies and discussions, they're very early stage. So we need adoption of these very, very quickly, uh, given how uh, quickly climate change is progressing. And these two are, um, one is agricultural automation and the other is vertical farming. Now, agricultural automation is probably a bit more advanced. It already has in some regions about 20% penetration. And what it means, it is uh, more uh, a targeted application of beet chemicals or water, irrigation systems that save water. Most farm is irrigated in the traditional way of flood water, just flooding the whole field with water, which is uh, uh, very wasteful. But targeted irrigation systems have the potential to save significant amounts of water. The second one, vertical farming, is probably even more promising, but it is very, very early stage. But what it can do is it can reduce the uh, water consumption by around 80%. 
It can also reduce fertilizer use, uh, which is also great because it reduces uh, leakage of fertilizers uh, into water and, and land. Uh, there may be hundreds of companies working on vertical farming, but um, yeah, it is very early stage. I think the Japanese are big in vertical farming, aren't they? Correct me if I'm wrong. They started, I think. Yeah, right. uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have inve- I think they invented it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So, Velislava, before we um, turn to discussing a couple of the top holdings in your fund, we're just going to take a very short break to hear from our sponsors. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, Velislava, let's turn to uh, company-specific. Uh, everyone loves hearing about um, companies here at Equity Mate. So we, we really want to hear from you um, one water-focused stock and then one waste-focused stock from your top holdings or companies that are certainly interesting you at the moment. So for each company, it'd be great to hear what the company does and what your investment thesis is as well as, you know, your process for discovery and, and the research process to understand it. So if we want to start with the water-focused stock, that'd be great. If there are any that come to mind. Yes, there are many uh, great water stocks, but but one example of uh, uh, very interesting and very, we believe, very good investment is American Waterworks. American Waterworks is it's a U.S. company and it is the largest U.S. water utility and it is also the best-in-class operator. They have lower operating costs. They have better leakage performance than competitors. They have lower customer bills um, while enjoying higher growth. These things are all interlinked. Unlike many uh, other regulated utilities, scale is a huge benefit to them. Uh, Since state legislation in the U.S. allows water utilities to uh, spread the cost of all their customers. So if you have more customers, uh, required price increases are less. Uh, therefore, American Waterworks can pay more than competitors and municipalities are likely to sell to them. Uh, there is huge runway for growth ahead of them uh, because U.S. water networks are primarily municipality-owned. 85% owned for water and 98% for wastewater. And these networks are hugely underinvested with leakage rates of 20 to 40%. Uh, therefore, municipalities are increasingly uh, selling their assets. And because of American Waterworks advantage, they are the most likely buyers. So very uh, significant uh, headroom for growth. Fascinating company. Not one that I've ever really thought about. Uh, American Water Utilities, but I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just Googling it now. <laughs> so uh, it trades on the New York Stock Exchange. The ticket is AWK if people want to uh, do some more research on it. But Velislava, if we turn to waste, are there any... Uh, are there any particular waste names that are really uh, front of mind for you at the moment? 
so waste is even uh, more exciting because of that transformation I mentioned to these new uh, solutions. But uh, one I didn't mention uh, previously was um, using recycle uh, waste products into uh, turning waste products into products. Uh, and an example of a company doing that is a company called Azek. Uh, this company is making uh, decking or composite decking from partly from waste wood and waste plastic. So part is virgin, but part is waste. About half is waste. Composite decking has only 20% share today, and it is taking share from traditional wood decking because it lasts longer and it because it requires less maintenance. And it results in a very nice payback for customers in about three years. Azek are the number two player in the market, but the industry structure is very attractive and pr- pricing is rational. Uh, the reason we prefer the number two is because number one is significantly more expensive. The top three players have 90% market share. We really like markets that are very consolidated because uh, pricing is uh, significantly better. Demand is very strong and capacity addition in this industry are very modular. So uh, you can react quickly to increasing supply. You don't have the problem of uh, flooding the market with significant supply and, and um, uh, affecting prices. Mm. And the company has very high, very high returns on capital. ASIC's strategy is actually to increase further the percentage of recycled content from 50 to 75% which actually will increase their margins because you're paying less for, uh, for, for, for waste, basically, than you're uh, paying for virgin materials. So that was Azek. Uh, also trades on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, ticker A-Z-E-K, another interesting company. So, Velislava, before we move to the final three questions, uh, if, you're, if anyone is listening and interested in uh, understanding more about what you're doing or the fund, head to the Fidelity uh, website fidelity.com.au uh, there is a page for the sustainable water and waste fund and we'll include a link to that in our show notes it's got some great research on there and uh, info on the top holdings so, yeah yeah i love it uh, the, the thing that i love is there's a lot of companies that i haven't heard of before in the mm. top holdings so uh, a good one to go and check out if you're interested in this space so we'll get stuck into the final uh, couple of questions now. And uh, Velislava, one that we love to ask every expert, uh, forget, you know, valuation or what they're trading at now, just purely based on the company and what it does. Uh, what's the best company you've ever come across? That's an interesting question um, because there are very interesting companies out there. And usually we find these where you have high barriers to entry. Uh, be it scale or brand or some technological advantage because if you have very strong brand it allows you to grow um, at a, a significantly lower investment than if you are in a very capital intensive industry if you franchise like for example mcdonald's a similar thing you can grow at a very low investment but maybe one example I would give is a company called Ansys. This is a company that makes multi-physics simulation software for various applications. They're used in uh, car production, autonomous vehicles, aviation, 5G, many, many others. And barriers to entry are extremely high and competition very low because they employ uh, many, many, many PhDs. And it's a business that is extremely difficult to replicate what they have done. This means that basically they have very fast growing and applications to themselves with very limited competition. 
we really like these type of companies because it allows you to have the volume growth, but also pricing uh, on top of this, because very often uh, where you have strong volume growth, you have uh, high competition, pricing erosion, and you don't really generate significant value, whereas ounces can do that. Yeah, love that. Never heard of that company before, but I've just Googled it. It, uh, it looks fascinating. So I'll definitely put it on my watch list. Uh, for those playing along at home, it trades on the NASDAQ, ticker ANSS. Uh, and then final question, Valislava, uh, that we like to end every interview with. If you think back to your younger self when you were just starting out uh, in the world of finance and investing, uh, what advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, I would think very hard about what you're good at and what you're also passionate about. Because if you can integrate these two in what you're doing for a living, combining work and passion means that you will be fulfilled every day. But also, I have a, a second one, I guess, and it's start investing early. Mm-hmm. Start investing your savings very early. The power of compounding is hugely underestimated. If you start in your uh, 20s, it's, it's a significant difference as compared to if you start in your 40s. Yeah. So start investing early. Yeah, I love that. It's um, not surprising how many experts say that that is the piece of advice that they would give their younger self. Just get in the markets. <laughs> get in the markets as soon as possible. I think it's a great message to finish on. So thank you so much for your time, Veloslava. As I said, it's a very important and uh, uh, in-demand topic is sustainability and you've certainly provided us with some interesting companies that not all of us had heard of before. So appreciate your time and uh, all the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Equity Mates. We love hearing from you. So drop us a line at contact at equitymates.com or even better, go to your podcast player and leave a five-star review. Also, a reminder that the Equity Mates content train doesn't stop when you've run out of episodes to binge. We've got a brand new website, a Facebook discussion group. We're on Instagram, YouTube, and slowly making our way as an influencer on TikTok. Well, that's Ren. So uh, come and say hello and join the community. We'd love to welcome you. Until next time. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equitymates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Meets Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.